The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. And we are on live. This is Deb Tomorrow with Real Real Estate Today. And we are here to tell you what is real in the real estate world as well as what isn't real and reality TV especially. Um, so first thing I want to get to today is that my mother told me after the show last week that I should spell my name, my last name. I think you did on the very first show. I probably did, but I should probably do it every show because it's confusing, right? Because it's tomorrow, like not today, but tomorrow, but it's spelled like tomato. That just confused people even more. It's T-O-M-A-R-O. And I always tell people, they're like, first of all, they say, is that a real name? I'm like, it is. I have an ex-husband to thank for that, but it is a real name. Um, but I, I challenge you to go pick up a pizza when your last name is tomorrow. And that walk into the pizza place and say, you I have a pizza that. for tomorrow. And then they look at you and they go, well, why are you here today? I have something I will probably not say on air, but I have a young son named Jack. Uh-huh. So I have to watch how I say if we are dropping him off at school or do you get where I'm going? I do that? not get where you're going. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say it on air. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that on break and then decide if we can discuss it in the second segment. So uh, T-O-M-A-R-O, like tomato, with an R instead of a T. I always think that clears it up, but it certainly doesn't. But it's kind of a cool name, so there you go. So uh, Real Real Estate Today is my website. Uh, You can look for me on Facebook and also on Instagram. I haven't done anything on Instagram in the past week, though. I'm kind of a loser. I was going to post yesterday because my puppies turned 11 months old yesterday. But um, all they were doing was sleeping. There weren't any good pictures because they were just sleeping. It's exhausting being 11 months old. It is. It is. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, So today we are going to actually take a nostalgic look back. Uh, This is our 10th episode. So we decided we're just going to make it a grand 10th anniversary, which is kind of sad because it's only 10 weeks. It's not really like it's 10 years. But um, a big part of what I'm trying to do on this show is educate people. And sometimes with education, it's good to go back and do reviews and talk about things that we've talked about before um, and just sort of, you always like listening to radio shows and I hear them talking about something I'm like, oh, I understand that because I heard it before and I've processed and digested that information. So we're going to go back and pick sort of a top uh, top tip or a top uh, topic from each of our previous shows and uh, just touch on those briefly again. So you heard the voice of Karen Rastel. Uh, I call her my Hoda. Or are you my Kathy Lee? I'm Kathy Lee. <laughs> okay, I don't know the difference. I guess I don't watch TV at 10 o'clock in the morning. 
Hoda seems to be the one that's always like prepared. She's on it. She's she's the responsible one. And then Kathy Kathy, Lee is the the drunk one. Well, I was going to say the more like laid back, easygoing. (laughs) That too. Okay. Uh, And and, uh, Karen is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. And she is busy proofing a closing statement as we speak. So she'll be back with us in a moment. Um, and But Karen, I wanted to talk about last week you got mad because I didn't leave any time to talk about HGTV. Well, I saw that. I saw a weird show called Container Homes where they use like shipping containers. Yeah. And I don't even know. They were like all over. Like one show, they were in Florida. The other, they were somewhere else in the United States. And I, I'm just like, I was glued to the TV. Yeah. Um, they were done so quickly and they looked really cool on the inside. But again, I watch those and go, what kind of loan do you get if you're using See, this is what a lender does. That was the first thing she said to me. I I don't understand. Well, so before this afternoon, I went uh, online, on the line and looked up container homes, HGTV. And I watched a blip of some people who built this container home in Maine. Uh, And it was out of 12 containers yeah they stagger them and they do these different they weld it all together <laughs> yeah <coughs> well it was pretty cool but I had the same questions and I, you, you, they say so then I was like doing some googling and they're like oh they're like you know you can get a container for two to three thousand dollars it was super cheap I'm and like, a lot of them they're just the shipyards or whatever they're not really doing anything with right. them and I just thought I would have never thought that it would be transformed into this woman ended up I think she was in Florida she had her office space in the front part of it. She lived upstairs. It was, I don't know, it was just really cool. So, so now, another show that I'm going to be right, watching. Right, we'll have to watch. Well, so now I'm Googling because I, I'm thinking, well, maybe I can buy containers and then turn them into, like, sheds for my rental properties because tenants always need extra places to store stuff. Maybe. And, you know? I have a vision. I know, but if I was one of, if I were a tenant of yours and I would see how awesome this shed turned out to be, right. I would be like, I need you to replace this single family home that I'm renting from you. And make it a really cool container home? Yes. Well, we own some land in the next county over and they don't really have zoning ordinances. So maybe I can build a container village. Is that the compound? Compound West. Compound West. There's okay. compound here. In, yeah. Um, I own a lot of interesting property, which we may talk about next week. I'm trying to decide whether next week's show is going to be about rental properties or inspections. I think we should talk about inspections. I have a you lot. Think? I have a lot of transactions that are falling apart due to. No. Okay. I've been pretty lucky this year. I've had good clients and that's helped. So, all right, well, let's get to it. Let's talk about, um, our 10 past shows, actually nine past shows. This is show number 10 and the highlights from each show. So the first show was just sort of an introduction about us and what we were trying to accomplish. And I have a secret to share about that show. Well, Karen, you know, cause you were kind of here. I was scarred for life from that show. Oh, I was too. Okay. We were both scarred for life. So what people don't know, cause I didn't really talk about it afterwards was that we, I patched through to an engineer in Uh, Arizona. We are in the real real estate today worldwide headquarters in Bloomington, Indiana. And the internet went down about 30 seconds before we went on air for the very first time. I'm having a hot flash (laughs) speaking about it again. It was, there was so much cursing going on. I apologize to the sound engineer afterwards and he was wonderful and kept us calm, but we actually had to 
call in on our cell phones. And I had to kick Karen out of the room because we couldn't be in the same room on different cell phones. She's wandering around the building trying to find an empty dark room to go sit in and uh, and do our first show. I was in a room that's obviously, it's utilized now, but at that time was a vacant room. There was a desk and a chair. And I literally was facing an empty wall and I could only hear like once you were done talking, like to have you not in front of me, I had no idea like... I couldn't cue you couldn't and be like, me, talk now. Or the hand gestures that we do and right. you know, we talk with our hands and I'm in there going, oh my gosh, <laughs> does she need me to talk right now? Are we doing this? And you had no idea about timing or anything. No, nothing. Right. And that was my challenge because we actually ended up, if you ever look on, uh, you can go back and listen to any of these shows that we talk about today. Um, you can go to realrealestatetoday.com, the website, and scroll down and you'll see an archive and you can click on those and listen to them or you can go onto iTunes and listen to them. But uh, if you look, and the first episode is much shorter than the rest. It wasn't. <laughs> because I think we started about 15 minutes late by the time we got all up and running. I've never gone back to listen to that one. I've listened to some of the other ones. Scarred for life. Can't do it. Can't do it. I think it went pretty well. Um, But, you know, what was interesting was I was terrified enough because I had no idea how much material, material, material I needed to cover for an hour. And, uh, And so I was editing on the fly and cutting things out left and right. And Karen was just riding along in complete darkness. I'm in a completely (laughs) different room with no access. In complete darkness. So anyways, um, so bear with us. That's probably not one that I would ever be like, hey, if I'm on vacation, play a show. Play a rerun in my place. That won't be one that I'll say, hey, play that uh, show as a rerun. But it was an introduction, like I said, and talked a little bit about me and Karen. And we talked about some myths about reality TV real estate shows. Uh, and we talked about my goal, which is my mission statement. Um, and that's something that I haven't really touched on since then. So I felt like maybe I should revisit that. Um, and that is that my mission statement is to strengthen communities by helping people become smart home buyers and sellers and owners. And this radio show is one way that I do that. Um, I also have educational seminars and blogs and newsletters. uh, And I just look for any opportunity I can to educate people about making smart decisions about their real estate. One of the largest investments that they'll ever make in their life. Uh, We talked a little bit last week, too, about I even have a a mentor program for new realtors to make sure that realtors are well-trained and knowledgeable about helping people make smart decisions. I always tell the story about when I was talking with someone about getting into real estate, a longtime realtor. She'd probably been a realtor for 30 years and told her I was thinking about becoming a realtor. And she said, oh, no, dear, you're too smart for real estate. (laughs) It's always funny. Um, And so I'm attempting to... uh, to counteract that. So this radio show is a natural extension of that nagging voice in the back of my head that says people need to make smart decisions. They need to be empowered to make smart decisions. And this is the show where we created the, um, the phrase, the catchphrase. Let's see the hashtag. The hashtag. I do need to probably be hashtagging that. Demand to understand. I always joke that there's, I always ask Rachel, she's not here today, but I always ask Rachel if the t-shirts are on their way. So I do need to probably work on getting some t-shirts made up. She's going to surprise you and just come in with a box of t-shirts. Exactly. Rachel's on vacation in Tennessee this week, checking out Marcy Joe's Mealhouse. That's a restaurant. Never heard of it. She's going to some place in Tennessee, and I looked it up on TripAdvisor, and that was like the number one thing was to go to Marcy Joe's Meal House. I was like, will you tell Marcy Joe?" I said, hi. <coughs> Excuse me if you can hear that coffee, and I apologize. I'm still recovering. If you listened last week to my dramatic story of 
May in Indiana and potential pneumonia, bronchitis, whatever it was. So I'm going to attempt to get through this. We have a huge assortment of drinks, including water, Diet Dr. Pepper, cough syrup, and a lovely that's it. Concoction. That's all we have. That's all we have. You don't want to tell have. them what we really have? No. All right. Good stuff. Uh, so that was show number one, 10 things you need to know about Deb. Show number two was 10 things you need to know about working with a realtor. There were a couple of things in this show that I really liked. One of them was how do you get a realtor to call you back? Do you remember any of those? I do, but because now I know the secret on mm-hmm. how to get a realtor to call you back, as far as a lending perspective, I, I kind of forget them. Gotcha. Re, yeah, rehash those. I, well, I demand to understand. Demand to understand how to get a realtor to call you back. You can go back and listen to the show for all the details, but uh, one of the big things is being specific. <coughs> and uh, being specific about why you're calling, letting them know that you're pre-qualified, letting them know how you got their name. Um, and not just saying I'm calling about that blue house down the street. We're going to talk a little bit more about episode two when we come back from break, so stick around. I'll be doing some coughing during break and uh, be ready to go when we get back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, my name is Hoda and I'm here with Kathy Lee. Hello, world. That's not true. Uh, my name is Deb Tomorrow. That's T-O-M-A-R-O. For mom, 
so I can spell it so people can know how to find me. And today we are talking about uh, our 10th anniversary blowout, which is our anniversary of 10 episodes. That's hilarious. That's like us making an appearance at the 50 Plus Expo. We did make an appearance. Nobody wanted our autograph, but we were still there. Um, so we are talking about our past episodes and the top tips from each one sort of as a recap. Uh, hopefully to encourage you to maybe go back and listen to some of the past shows, but also sort of a one-stop shop to see what you've missed. So uh, show two, we were talking about 10 things you need to know about working with a realtor. One of the great things that, that I want you to go back and listen to the show about is how do you get a realtor to call you back. Um, but we did talk about what does it mean to be a realtor. Um, a couple weeks ago, we played a funny clip. I should have queued that up again, but I did. Uh, from Modern Family about, uh, we'll put it on our Facebook page, but uh, about the difference between it, the, being a realtor means something. What did she say? It is different somehow. Yes. Being a real estate agent and being a realtor is different. Um, realtors have a code of ethics. Not every real estate agent is a realtor. I know Karen's giving me a look because we were having a code of ethics discussion last night. Um, one of the things that uh, when we read the co- realtor code of ethics, it starts with this pretty lofty premise that under all is the land. Um, but basically it's recognizing that real estate is sort of the basis upon which we all figuratively and literally stand. And so there is some responsibility there. As flows real estate tends to flow the economy. Um, And so the code of ethics states, this is a quote, such interests impose obligations beyond those of ordinary commerce, which means we ain't just selling packs of gum, people. Uh, They they impose... The cough syrup's kicking in, so the rest of the show should be pretty interesting. Uh, They impose grave social responsibility and a patriotic duty to which realtors should dedicate themselves and for which they should be diligent in preparing themselves. Realtors, therefore, are zealous to maintain and improve the standards of their calling and share with their fellow realtors a common responsibility for its integrity and honor. Sounds like we're full of ourselves, but I don't think we are. But we do take it, I think most of us take it very seriously. Um... And I don't know, do you want to share the story that we were talking about last night? I do not. Okay. But the question, I had a question for you, which was, um, can a broker owner um, dictate to their agents, like, who they can use for title, you know, title services or what lenders or financial institutions to use? I was just kind of curious, because I know as a lender, we have so many regulations to follow, and I just wasn't 100% sure on the realtor side what you guys have to follow. And it's interesting when you said that, because one of the things that just struck me is that from a lending side, on the mortgage side of things, you have all these federal laws that are put in place to guide how you do business, to ensure that it's ethical and that you're not screwing people over, basically. Correct. On the real estate side, we have our code of ethics. It's not a federal law. We're not going to go to federal penitentiary with Martha Stewart. Right, but there's still some consequences if it's, I'm assuming, if it's brought, um, you know, to light. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, we can get licenses revoked and things like that. But to me, it's just an interesting concept that we're sort of left to police ourselves and hold ourselves accountable which is a little bit trickier sometimes. I mean, I, who knows? Like, maybe there's going to be some, down the road, some new federal law. Federal things in. that, yeah. That, Let's hope not. That everyone has to follow. <laughs> well, this also, that show, we also talked about procuring cause. Do you remember what that is? Yes. Quiz time. I know, I didn't tell you there's going to be a no. quiz. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. 
that if <laughs> yes, listen, I'm <laughs> looking at you. Yes, yes, but I'm not going to <laughs> tell yeah. you what it is. I believe it's that if I call the agent that's listed on the sign because they want to go see that house. Mm-hmm. And they show me that house, mm-hmm. and I'm interested. And then I come and I find you, and I say, hey, I found this house. Please show me. But I've already been shown that house mm-hmm. from the listing agent. Mm-hmm. Or any other agent. Or any other agent. You can't help me with that. He who shows the house is the one who writes the offer, basically, or is the one who gets paid. Good job. So I just had this happen yesterday. Such an interesting story. I had a client who I've been working with a little bit. She was out of town, and so... I hadn't talked to her in a, a few days, and we had decided we were going to just regroup when she got back into town. And she texted me yesterday, and she says, can you find out something about this house for me? I saw it on Friday with the listing agent. And I went, what? And then you sort of panic because, I mean, to be, this show is about honesty. Uh, it's hard. How do you respond to that? How do you explain that after the fact? Not making it sound like you have sour grapes, like you should have called me. No, but, but I think that, you know, in things like that, that your response, because I'm sure it was either email or text, but that you respond that, you know, I, w- I would have been more than happy to find out this information or to help you with this particular home. However, there is something called this and right. then went into the definition. And so I tried to explain that. And then I had another conversation with the client today. And she said, well, I made sure that they knew that I was working with you, which I truly appreciated. Um so I still wasn't sure. So I said, well, my client kept saying, wanting more information about this property. And I was just like, I don't, you know, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to create issues. So I reached out to the other agent. I said, here's what has happened. And she said, no, nah, I don't know that person at all. That was very generous of that person. She said she has no <laughs> recollection of that person, of my client at all. I'm like, okay, well then. <laughs> We'll just move ahead. But, you know, it's just that reminder of that procuring cause does happen all the time. So something to be aware of. So that was show number two. Show numbers three and four were a two-parter. Some of my favorites of the series. And we were debunking mortgage myths. And if you listen closely, we played a drinking game uh, with, you know, Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper, right? I'm a, I'm a Coke Zero girl. Coke no, Zero. Coke uh, Zero. Uh, yeah, no, no alcohol here. Uh, then anytime I said the word debunk, that we would take a drink. And some really, really good information in that show. Part one, I think my top tip was that we talked about APR, annual percentage rate versus interest rate. Karen, do you want to expand on that? She's shaking her head. No, Deb, you continue. All right. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm working on that. I know. She's working on a closing for me. <laughs> We're multitasking. This is what we do in real estate. Um, so an annual percentage rate is a, uh, most people when they sh- shop loans, they want to know what the interest rate is. That's the question they ask. What's the interest rate? 3.75, 4, 3.8, whatever. Um, but what they don't often look at is the annual percentage rate. Uh, and all lenders are required to disclose that. And the APR reflects not only the interest rate, but also any other fees that are lumped into getting the loan. And so your APR is going to be higher than your interest rate. They always tell you that at closing and they say, don't panic. That's not the interest rate that your payment is based on. But that's just a way to compare apples to apples. So for example, you might run across a lender who has a really low interest rate. But if you look at their APR, it might be crazy high because they have a ton of fees lumped in there. Exactly. I'm looking at you thinking, oh, if you ever get out of 
you know, selling or listing. I should be a lender. I should be a lender. Excellent. I did some research this morning. Look, there's a little chart on my notes, so hopefully I'll impress Karen with that. Bankrate.com is literally one of my favorite websites. I don't know why, but I because it's got all these really great, they need to be a sponsor. I should have a list of Bankrate.com, sponsor of Real Real Estate Today with Deb Tomorrow. Um, they have a lot of really cool calculators for figuring all kinds of things in terms of how quickly you can pay off your mortgage if you pay an extra $50 a month, what that would be like, um, you know, just all kinds of different interest rate calculators. And so they had an APR calculator. Who knew? And so I was doing a little bit. I pulled up different lenders that what their interest rates were and what their APRs were. So they were all, I pulled up three different lenders and all of their interest rates were 3.75%. So that was the number that they used to calculate your, uh, your monthly payment. The APRs ranged from 3.782 to 3.795. That's a pretty tiny difference, right? It is. I I am refraining. I'm not refraining anymore, but I was going to not <laughs> say anything just yet because those type of calculators remind me of mortgage loan calculators where it's not taking in consideration. Yeah, because... It just all, it, I don't know, I guess it just depends on what, what fees are using um, when they're talking about, hey, if this loan amount is a $200,000 loan, like what are the parameters that they're using right. to actually quote that rate and what fees are they using? Right. But, well, and this is what happens. So I go on the internet and I do a, just a Google search of interest rates today and APRs and I get a list and none of the lenders are actually local lenders and none of the lenders are asking me what my, in, my credit score is or what my loan amount is or anything like that. Exactly. Okay, so when you do that search online for loan rates, don't get suckered in because I guarantee you your numbers are going to be higher than what they're advertising. They're advertising the lowest you know, possible. But as an example, though, I wanted to show that these three different APRs, um, you can put them into this bank rate calculator and kind of figure out what does that really mean in terms of dollars. dollars. Okay, so that's what I was trying to do here. And the difference is somewhere between uh, um, like $130 to $360 more for some of the ones that have a higher APR. And that's over the, li- <coughs> over the life of the loan. So my point is that APR should not be the only thing that you base your decision on. It's important. And if you have someone whose interest rate is 2%, but their APR is eight, right? <laughs> then you need to run the other way for sure. Possibly. And I always tell borrowers when they say, you know, um, I saw online at lender, you know, ABC Bank that that their interest rate is this and their APR is that. And I said, that's fantastic. I mean, I'm sure that my company has very similar things. And I say, you know, talk to them or talk to an actual loan officer and give them your specifics as far as credit score, loan to value, what type of loan you're doing, all of that thing, you know, all of that, so that they can actually give you a better APR to actually compare against what our fees are. Right. So an interesting example last night <coughs> of, a, lend, of a, a realtor that I work with who has a client using an online lender because they wanted, you know, the, the low be- fees. The best rate. Okay. Well, I, I hear that quite often, and I just... I wait for that deal to fall through. And we're about two days out from closing, and we're having issues. So they probably saved $360 over the course of 30 years, and we're probably not going to close on time. I was going to say, if they close on time, maybe that is 
worth it? It's worth it. But if you're not closing on time and your interest rate lock expires. and Right, right. So those are things to think about. We are going to go to another break and come back and talk a little bit more about debunking some more mortgage myths. So stick around. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back. That's Deb tomorrow, T-O-M-A-R-O. Making my mother happy by spelling it every time the show. So we are back today uh, celebrating our 10th anniversary that's our uh, 10 shows, and we're hitting some highlights from each one of the shows. And we were in the middle of talking about debunking mortgage myths. We did a two-part show, shows number three and four. Highly recommend you listen to. Um, and so we were talking about APR versus interest rate and when to use that and not to use that information for um, picking your lender. And the other thing that we talked about in part two of debunking mortgage myths was um, – the myth that it is super easy to get cash back to do renovations like on reality TV shows. And I've never really understood that show. Just Sunday, I think it was Sunday, I happened to catch an episode of Property Brothers. I'm not sure why. I think I was too lazy to like get up and change channel or something. And um, they were looking at a house that was a foreclosure. It had no kitchen cabinets. You know, it had been stripped out of a lot of the rooms. And the property brother guy that's the realtor one, I don't know which one that is because they look the same to me. I think Jonathan does the uh, rehab stuff. See, now I'm like, and Drew does the actual. No, Jonathan is the realtor. Really? And Drew does. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, because you have the poster in your room. No. Okay. But I I I am for sure. Okay, well, realtor property brother said, you have to hear this, Karen, because this is like. 
it was a, a WTF moment. <laughs> Seriously. He said, we'll just have to work a little harder to convince the bank that everyone will, everything will be fixed and then we can get your mortgage. What? I seriously, that's what he said. That was on Sunday? <laughs> like, that yeah. sounds, okay. He said, it's a foreclosure. Uh, we'll have to work a little bit harder to get the lender to, um, to b- convince the lender, convince your lender that we'll fix everything. Is that how it works, really? No. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you're buying a foreclosed property, usually that bank is going to make sure that everything is done. But I guess I don't understand because I didn't watch the show, so I don't know the context. But the context is that this house was a piece of crap. <laughs> and then the, the property brother guy basically just said, we'll just have to sweet talk your lender into giving you a loan on the property. It doesn't work like that, people. I don't people. know how those shows work. I know. I was I'm like, I'm going to go undercover. You are kidding me. <laughs> I'm gonna go you undercover. are kidding me. So there are options for getting money to do work on the house, but the money's not coming in your pocket as a buyer. The money's going to contractors. There are limitations on who can do the work and when the work needs to be done. The closing costs tend to be higher. There's lots and lots of hoops to jump through. And I have to say that in about 700 homes that I've sold, I've maybe had two people do those kinds of renovation loans. Right. And while we're talking about HGTV and the renovations, I was thinking about the one episode, and it could have been this particular, or the episode, the show that uh, we're talking about, um, where we talked about the love it or list it, and they were being sued by Mm -hmm. the homeowner. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started watching, don't ask me why, Mm -hmm. because the host annoyed me, but I I started watching it, and then thinking, you know... At the end, there's always these compromises and sacrifices that one of them have to make, and you're not going to get your your uh, laundry room redone or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about that lawsuit, thinking, well, if they wouldn't have gone on a reality show, they would have had all of that extra money to hire a local contractor to come in and do all of that stuff instead of four, te- I'm doing air quotes, mm-hmm. instead of like four reality TV that a big chunk of that reno budget is for the production costs. Yeah. Mm. So I would be more upset as the homeowner going, wait a minute, right. whatever, $40,000 went to production costs where I could have gotten that laundry closet or, or whatever. I'll have to do some Googling this week and see if I can find some stories from people who are actually happy after they've, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's like... Where people just, are, are, are there only negative stories out there because people only post negative things? Or are there only negative stories out there because it's typically a negative experience? I'm sure overall it's a great experience. It's positive. At the end of the show, everything appears to be very updated. Everything looks, you know, fantastic. Yeah, right. Uh, do they get to keep all the furnishings? I don't know. But, you know, I think the ones that we do hear about are the ones that maybe... They dug a little bit deeper and found out more information, and they just want to share with the rest of us who right. watch those shows and think that that's exactly, that that reality TV is true reality. Right. We are here to dispel reality. Question, what really is reality on real, real estate today? All right, show number five. Show number five we dedicated to listener mail, um, and so that was a fun show. I highly recommend you listen to it. Um, And one of the questions was about selling to family. And basically, our advice on that was it's okay to put yourself first. Um, You know, it's a good idea sometimes to use a professional to help make the transaction seem more like a 
business transaction than a family deal, if that's truly the case. Um, and I know, I don't know, Karen, did you have any update on any of the, no? Not really, with the exception, oh, from that one mm-hmm. particular, um, you know, they have, they have someone living in the home that they feel they are like family, mm-hmm. so that's the recap. But they don't seem to be very motivated to truly save money to get a down payment. So the homeowner um, asked me this week or end of last week, you know, are there any first buyer programs, things like that? And nothing has really changed in Indiana. So I kind of reiterated to her what are the, you know, what the options are. But I I think she's feeling a little bit frustrated still because she doesn't want to push these people. But they're also not in a sense of urgency to really try to buy this house and they're wanting to give them that option. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, maybe, maybe having another conversation with them that they should just move on to the next buyer. Yeah. Get the house listed. And if these, unfortunately, I mean, you almost have to do something to light a fire under them because they're probably pretty comfortable in the situation they're in now. Exactly. And so what would be the, the downside? We talked about another story of a daughter who was going to buy a, a father's house when we were talking about doing transactions with families. And then that deal fell apart, um, I think partly because maybe the house appraised for more than he thought it was going to appraise for. Um, but I found out an interesting, I don't think I told you this, I found out an interesting update to the story is that the father is still going to sell the house, but not to the daughter. Because this what I heard, which is, Makes a lot of sense to me. He said, I'm tired of working on the house. And if I sell it to her, I'm just going to have to keep working on the house. Gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So something to think about, too. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, So we're going to be doing another listener mail show, I think, coming up soon in the next couple of weeks. So if you have any questions, real estate questions, um, I would encourage you to email me at deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Or you can post them on Facebook or tweet me or, I don't know, Instagram me somehow. I don't know how you do that. How many followers Find do you have me. now? On I'm probably still at 59. I don't know. When you're trying to get to 61, I don't think we made it. I'm going to check. All right. You let me know that. Uh, show number six, we talked about smart things that sellers are doing. And this is before they even sign the listing contract, before they even put a sign in the yard. What are smart things that sellers are doing? And I think my top tip from that one is encouraging sellers to really understand the market and understand the concept of value. This was the famous episode where we talked about the cereal analogy. Oh, I'm that not, seems like so many episodes ago. I know. And you know, I'm not going to let the cereal analogy die. <laughs> you shouldn't. I, think I like it. The more you talk about it, it'll eventually make it. sense. Yeah. <laughs> eventually it'll make catch sense. On. So we talked about what is value and that there are different values depending on who is um, making the value decision, making the value assessment. So is it a tax assessor? Is it a home appraiser for a refinance? Is it a home appraiser for a purchase? Is it a buyer? Is it a realtor? You know, I just had an appraisal come in today on a listing that I have. And I think we were all a little bit nervous because the seller had the property appraised about a month ago for, uh, I think, like a second mortgage or he's going to buy some land or something like that. Okay. So it was more for like a refinance. The house wasn't on the market. It wasn't for sale. Just had an appraiser out. Then we put it on the market, had multiple offers the first day, had another appraisal within about four weeks of it. $35,000 difference. Less than the first appraisal? 
No, the one now is higher. Is higher. Because what was the first appraisal an actual full appraisal going inside and out? Yep. Interesting. <coughs> okay. Yep. Because sometimes like on a second mortgage or home equity line of credit, they may do a drive-by appraisal. Mm-hmm. They may do, um, you know, something else, not a like full appraisal. Yep. Okay. Now, lots of reasons for that. One reason is that there were some new comps that had sold okay. just weeks before. Um, and because our market's pretty crazy right now, you know, prices were going up in the neighborhood. Um, but, you know, I honestly believe, too, an appraiser knows what number uh, for a purchase. They know what number they need to hit. They're not trying to be jerks. If they can hit it, they'll hit it. But um, anyways, my point is that it's, it's an art and it's a moving target. And you need to understand what value is. This is where we cross the fingers. I think there was a picture on Facebook of that. Market value is, in my opinion, when a buyer is willing to pay what a seller is willing to sell at. So you hold up your two index fingers in front of you. And your index finger on your right is your buyer. So you move that to the left. And then your index finger on your left is your seller. And you move that to the right. Quit flipping me off, Karen. And when those two points cross, you have value. I wish people could see us because when I when I hear and see you do uh, have that have this discussion during a home buyer seminar, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I picture is us crossing our fingers like that, and that's where the two points meet. Uh, YouTube. I think we need to do YouTube video. We do not today because my hair doesn't look good, but I'm dressed for radio today. All right. So, what is that famous serial analogy? <coughs> The point of the cereal analogy is that when a buyer is looking at cereal, and by cereal I mean homes, the most of the time you're not looking at what cereal costs last week. Unless like this week Kroger has a really good deal on Cocoa Pebbles. They're like $2 a box. Yeah, and they're usually like 4 You should have had a, nut, a Nutty Nugget reference. I'm getting now to the I... Nutty Nuggets. Okay. Sorry, that's Karen's favorite cereal is the generic Grape nuts, nutty nuggets. And the only reason I know that is because you told me that they that it even existed. Yep. I, I, changed, her, I changed her life. So when you're standing there trying to decide what kind of cereal you want, you're not thinking about what cereal prices were last week. You're looking at what cereal prices are this week. You're looking at <coughs> what cereals can meet your needs and what options you have in front of you. What vitamins and minerals do the other cereals have and how good do they taste? Uh, and do other less expensive cereal meet your needs in the exact same way. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it. I think the more you keep talking about this cereal analogy, I think people get it because last week's market is completely different from this week. You know, like you said on your example, the comps, there's so many houses that are being sold that it's, it could raise the value of this listing. I mean, you just never know. So you have to definitely look at today. Where are things today in comparison? How is your house in comparison to others um, others on the market right now? Exactly. Let's go to our last break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. 
Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com Now, back to this week's program. And we are back for our final segment. This is Deb Tomorrow, T-O-M-A-R-O. Karen's trying to take a picture of me as I'm crying because I'm coughing so bad. So, Mom, I'm feeling better. I swear I am. I just sound horrible. Yes, Mom. I, and I am looking out for her. Yeah. My mother likes to message Karen on Facebook and make sure I go to the doctor when I'm not feeling well. But it's just allergies in May. So, uh, we were recapping the top tips of our first 10 shows first nine shows we're in show 10 show number seven was one of my favorites i'm going to say that about all of them uh show number seven is one of my favorites it's about avoiding real estate road rage 10 ways to avoid real estate road rage lots of reasons why real estate transactions can be stressful do you have any thoughts on that karen oh, everything is stressful anymore <laughs> it's not it's Deep all breath. good so, you know, I think I did some thinking on this, a little Zen thinking on this this morning. And I think there's, I've come up with three reasons why I think real estate transactions can be really stressful. One, it's a huge amount of money. I think we talked about that during the show. I told the story of a friend of mine who bought a big screen TV and was waiting out front of like Best Buy for her husband to pull the car around to load the TV up. And she was crying. Did I tell you oh, yeah. Buyer's remorse. Yeah. Yes. And Jimmy Mad Dog made us, who's a local radio personality, was like, went up to her and was like, are you okay, ma'am? And she's like, I just have buyer's remorse because I just spent like $3,000 on a TV or something. So multiply that by 100 and you get sort of that fear and that panic um, of spending a huge amount of money. Another reason that real estate transactions can be stressful is because it's your home. Shelter is a basic need. uh, And so having that fear of uncertainty around fulfilling that basic need can be really stressful. Does that make sense? It does. And a lot of times people, they're anymore, my clients are very conscientious of how much they are willing to spend of their income. So even if on paper they're qualified for a lot more, they have already set their standard of, I don't want a mortgage payment more than X amount a month. And they stick to it. And that kind of also helps offset your fear of, I'm going to buy this, you know, home. My 
just ever, you know, I want to be able to retain it and not have it, you know, lose it back to the, right. the bank or anything right. like that. And I think the third reason why real estate transactions can be stressful is that it's confusing. I think that people get really scared when they don't fully understand what they're doing. That goes along with anything. There's uncertainty involved. You don't know what the expectations are. You don't know what the worst case scenario is. I will say now, you know, having been through as many real estate transactions as I have, you know, whether it's me buying something or whether it's representing a buyer or a seller, seeing hundreds and hundreds of home inspections and knowing that pretty much everything can be fixed. I'm so laid back about like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, for me, when it comes to me, because I know what the worst case scenario is, because my gosh, I've probably seen the worst case scenario. Sure. But if I'm coming in as a very, like a first time buyer or someone that, you know, I haven't bought in a while. And to me, that's going to feel like this is the end of the deal. Like I'm walking away. I'm not going to negotiate. Right. I'm done. Yep. So I think those are the reasons why real estate transactions can be really stressful. I think it's important to understand that um, because knowing is half the battle, right? But one of the things... Demand to understand. Demand to understand. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that we talked about during this show, show number seven, was keeping your contracts clear as another way to um, help avoid that real estate road rage on both sides of the transaction some of the biggest snags that we run into come from complicated contracts. This is where one side is asking for something that's sort of outside the norm or isn't very clear. Um, it, and I think, did I tell the story about the clause about the cleaning? Yeah. I mean, yes, you did talk about that, but you might want to okay, recap so, that again. So this was an example was that um, I had an agent bring me an offer on a property. The property was spotless. You could eat off the floors. And in the contract, the agent had a clause that said that the buyer shall walk through the home prior to closing, like the day of closing. And if the home wasn't clean to their standards, that the seller would pay for a um, professional cleaning company to come in. And of course, the way that it was written, this was all going to happen minutes before closing. <laughs> Get beyond the fact that the house was spotless. You could literally eat off the floors. And so it was completely offensive to my clients to think that they would, to the sellers to think that they would leave the home in that condition. Um, and it just opened up so many uh, potential pitfalls. Uh, you know, what? who defines what's clean? Uh, what's clean enough? Who defines how much a professional cleaning company should cost. And, you know, and it was all going to happen very last minute. It was just, there was nothing good. I mean, there was no way that transaction was going to end positively. And and since that particular transaction, have you ever had that happen since then in seeing that written into a contract? No. Interesting. And I've received offers from that same agent. So I was told that he wrote that uh, clause in because of a bad experience that had just happened to him on another transaction. And in real estate, your gut is to start to write clauses for everything bad that's ever happened to you to try and prevent it from happening again. And you can't always do that. There is a certain amount of trust that needs to be involved. But um, no, I haven't seen that clause again because our response was, that's fine. We'll We'll pay, we'll provide you a check at closing for $500 towards a professional cleaner so that that problem, we warded it off, but then we just jacked the price up $500 to offset it. Okay. The deal deal never came together. Okay. (laughs) We sold it to someone else. So there you go. Uh, So, you know, that's something to think about. Keep your contracts clear when you start to overthink things and say, well, hey, let's put this in the contract. Let's put that in the contract. 
It's just going to muddy things up. Show number eight, we talked about 10 questions to ask if you are buying a condo. Why are you making that visual? Oh, because I, I get this question every week oh. or a comment. She was and, stabbing herself in the neck with yes, a Yes, I would knife. stab, yes, or a fork. And a fork. I just, they were like, oh, I found this condo, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I, I, condos, if it's a true condominium in the sense of that word, it's just harder to get financing. And then you have to have that awkward conversation with a client, that type of thing. And they don't get it. They just realize that that's a great price. HOA is going to take care of things. And I want to live there. It has a pool. So your top piece of advice, if someone is interested in buying a condo, is to get their lender involved really, really early in the process. Early in the process. Okay. My top tip, if someone is considering buying a condo, is to take the time and make sure that it is written in your contracts, that you have the time to review any association documents. You want to know what's going on with the association's finances. Remember, you are entering into a business transaction with your neighbors. That should scare the bejeebers out of you. And not to say that in a bad way, because I've lived in a condo and it's been fine. So it's not, I'm not saying all condos are bad. I'm just saying you have to enter it with that mindset. Review the documentation. Make sure you're allowed time to do that. Review the meeting minutes. Make sure that they don't use words like embezzlement. <laughs> like we, the example that we gave in the show there. Uh, show number nine, we talked last week about things you need to know to be a realtor. Um, and, the, and my top note on that was the first thing that we talked about, uh, and that is that real estate is really about people and not houses. It's really not about houses. So if I ask you why you're interested in getting into real estate and your answer is that you like touring homes and you like decorating homes and you like watching HGTV, that doesn't necessarily mean that real estate is the right career for you. Um, and, and I want to end on these five questions that we talked about. There was a, a woman from Detroit that wrote an open letter to anyone considering being a real estate agent. Uh, am I able and willing to work seven days a week and be available all hours of the day? Am I self-motivated and organized enough to be self-employed? Can I afford to work my ass off and not get a paycheck for a month or two or six? Am I able to multitask and juggle numerous clients at once and at the same time not allow my career to consume my life and drive me bat mm, crazy? I'm not good at that one. And do I like people or at the very least can I act like I like people? I think if you can answer yes to those five questions, you could potentially be a great realtor. Um, but if any of those questions are questionable, then you probably need to think about it. So we are wrapping up another show. Oh, thank goodness. I think I made it. I'm going to be it. completely healthy next week. I swear I'm taking my vitamin C and whatever else. Uh, so my top tip from today's show is to keep listening. Please do revisit the shows um, if and share them. Um, follow us on social media. Um, we are out there. Instagram. Are we at 61 followers on Instagram? Not we. You are at 61. Sweet. That was my so. goal. Okay. Taylor Swift, I'm coming for you and your 17 billion followers. Um, find us on Facebook. Uh, Deb Tomorrow Realtor, I think, is how you find me on Facebook. And you can go to my website, realrealestatetoday.com. It's got all the old shows there archived. You can download them on iTunes as well. Really, really good information. Please share them with anyone that you know who might be considering buying or selling a home. Demand to understand the process. Take charge. Be accountable for one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make in your life. Thank you so much for listening to our first 10 episodes. There will be plenty more to come. Have a great week and we'll talk again soon. 
Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets. 